You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. It is Tuesday, February 9th, and I appreciate you joining me. Stephen Simcox here with you. Um, we'll try to cover a lot of ground in this one. We have a season opener for the 2021 football season, and I'll let you know about that, see if it gets you fired up. We also have some exciting news on uh, a TCU Horn Frog and the NBA who's getting an opportunity tonight that he hasn't gotten before. In the final segment, we'll kind of circle back around, maybe some more football discussion, um, depending on uh, how the day goes. But one to start with this. TCU football is going to open their 2021 season on September 4th, and it will be a home game against Duquesne. Yes, that's right, the Duquesne Dukes coming to Fort Worth, according to Drew Davidson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, to open the TCU season on September 4th, which means we now have a full non-conference schedule for this year. The Frogs are going to play Duquesne, Cal, and SMU, before hitting Big 12 play. Uh, This is a really interesting move to me. I don't know what the connection is here. Duquesne is located in Pittsburgh. They're part of the Northeastern Conference. And, I mean, it's it's an FCS school. It's the FCS game. So it's not a huge deal. But typically, TCU plays a team closer to home. I mean, they they play uh, like Stephen F. Austin or – They've had a pretty good relationship with some of the HBCUs and the SWAC, like Southern and Pine Bluff. But having Duquesne come down all the way from Pittsburgh is intriguing. Um, Duquesne did not play football in 2020. 2020 fall season was postponed. They are going to play a few games in 2021. uh, But obviously, this is just your tune-up game before you hit the, uh, the heart of your schedule, starting with Cal on September 11th. So, um, yeah, Duquesne it is. Uh, I saw on the boards, on the 247 boards, this was not a popular pick. Um, I know some people want us to play a tougher schedule. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to complain about it too much. It's obvious. Um, They want to play one FCS school a year. It's basically like a glorified scrimmage. It's a way to start your season with a win. It's a way to test some personnel. So I'm not really sure why people are shocked that they're going to play someone. I'm not shocked that they're playing someone this caliber. I'm just surprised that uh, they're playing Duquesne because, again, it's a school that's pretty far from uh, from home, and that's just kind of not been their MO as of late. But Duquesne it is, uh, Big 12 versus NEC, and that is your season opener for 2021 as the Frogs schedule the Duquesne Dukes. Um, and then they'll go on to play Cal and SMU. So I hope they end up 3-0. and You know, I don't really know what to make of Cal. Um, their coach there has done a nice job, and I'm blanking on his name right now. It's Justin Wilcox, I believe. Obviously, there was that terrible <laughs> that terrible uh, cheese-up bowl a few years ago, and they are a defensive-minded team. They're going to get after you. They're very physical. So that should be a fun one when those two teams meet up. Also, I want to tell you, uh, just kind of doing some assorted news and notes in this segment. Um, saw this today, and this is exciting. Desmond Bain got his first start tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Now, as I'm recording this, they are just getting the second half underway. And I know that he actually kind of got a rough start to the game. Um, he had a couple turnovers. But he scored nine points in the first half. Was uh, three of six from three-point range. All his buckets were from beyond the arc. And Desmond's having a really solid season. He's got he's averaging nine points and two rebounds a game. Um, he's shooting almost 50% from three. So he's really settled in to that role as a, as their main shooter, which is what we expected from Desmond going into the season. And actually on tomorrow's pod, I'll be talking with Sean Coleman from uh, Locked On Grizzlies about Desmond and about the impact he's made as a rookie. And I, I'm surprised that he's done this. I mean, I, I believed in Desmond Bain a lot. I did not think or envision that he would just step in and automatically be a big-time contributor for this team, but I'm really happy for him. Uh, early in the season, he's playing great, and as you see there, he's already carved himself a role in the starting lineup and has done a nice job tonight. A couple turnovers apparently early, but seemed to correct that pretty well. Hit some threes, scored nine points. He's got that NBA frame. He's got that NBA body, and as a dead-eye shooter in the league and how it is run today and how it works, um, that's a skill that's going to keep you in this league for a long time. If you can knock down open threes force the defense to rotate to you, take some pressure off other scorers, and play a little bit of defense. That's a formula to stay in the league for a long time. So happy for Desmond and excited to hear more from Sean Coleman just kind of about what his role is with this team. Also, you know, Memphis has a, a very specific kind of culture. Even though the grit and grind days are over, you know, it's still a hard-nosed, tough organization. I think Desmond really fits in well with what they're trying to do. So excited about that conversation and looking forward to uh, just hearing how he's doing. That's, an, that's a fun Grizzlies team. They, um, you know, they're in the playoff hunt. They're kind of teetering on that eight spot in the West. Um, <clears throat> they have John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, added Desmond here in the offseason. They're a good team, and uh, I think they're going to be a tough out if they can make the playoffs they seem to be building something there, which is uh, really exciting. So glad that Desmond's a part of that. And, again, he gets his first NBA start and had nine points in the first half. I'll let you know tomorrow how he did, and then we'll get into that conversation with Sean just about how he's doing for that Grizzlies team and how he's fitting in and that uh, grit and grind mentality that they cling to so much there in Memphis. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to talk some TCU basketball Get you ready for the matchups that they're going to go through this week. But first off, let's talk Rock Auto. Rock Auto is um, just a, a great website. They have reliable low prices. They have all the parts your car are gonna, is going to need. If you're like me and you're clueless about cars, Rock Auto is a great place. If you're a mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer, Rock Auto is also a great place. You can find what you need. You can compare manufacturers. You can compare prices. On that website, they have a how did you hear about us section. Click Locked On when you go to rockauto.com. You need a muffler, you need a part, you need brake pads, whatever it is. Rockauto.com allows you to compare prices, compare manufacturers, get all the information you need to make an informed decision about your vehicle. You spend all your time in the car. Go ahead, make a good decision for your vehicle today. Go to rockauto.com. All right, back here on Locked On Horn Frog segment two on Tuesday, February 9th. Appreciate you joining me. I'm Stephen Simcox, and we're talking some TCU sports. Let's talk TCU basketball. Um, the men, they play tonight. They're taking on Iowa State. And you might look at Iowa State's record, 
They are 2-11 and on the season. They are winless in conference play and think this is going to be an easy dub or a dub for uh, TCU basketball. And listen, I mean, yeah, there is a, a good chance TCU wins this game. TCU should win this game. But I will say, um, be careful with Iowa State tonight because they are kind of slowly and surely they seem to be playing better. Um, they took West Virginia to the wire, lost that game 76-72, and then played Oklahoma on Saturday and lost that game 79-72. to But it was a one-possession game for the majority of that contest. So they kind of hung in there. They stayed with it, just couldn't close it all. Their only two wins this season are against Arkansas Pine Bluff and Jackson State. Um, they have really, really struggled all year long. They didn't play many non-conference games because of COVID-19. They lost to South Dakota State, lost to Iowa, and then they kind of got going like in conference play. They've had some postponements as well. But Iowa State, they got a good player inside in Solomon Young. Um, big man inside, 6'10", can make plays around the rim. He's averaging 12 points a game. And Rasir Bolton is their leading scorer at 15 points a game. He's also their leading rebounder. They're really struggling on the boards overall. Um, their leading rebounder, Bolton, has five boards on the season. But TCU's in a pretty good rhythm right now. They got a little more time off than maybe um, they wanted with the Baylor game getting postponed. But that might turn turn out to be a blessing uh, given, you know, just kind of the craziness of the season and a chance to prepare and get ready for this Iowa State team. There's a couple things that I've really liked as of late on this small – it's not even really a winning streak. I mean, they beat Oklahoma State, uh, and that was after two pretty competitive games against Kansas and Missouri. But <clears throat> first off, it's we're, we're really starting to see Mike Miles emerge – as the go-to guy on this basketball team. You know, R.J. Nimhart's had a really good season. He's scoring 16 points a game, almost 17 points a game. He is a, a gifted scorer. He is somebody that can make things happen in one-on-one situations. But I said this after the Mizzou game because I felt like in, in crunch time, in a game where Mike was just playing out of his mind, was having a great, great game, they started deferring to RJ, and I get it. He is the vet. He is the guy that's been there longer. But, I mean, let's be real about it. Mike Miles is the most gifted player on this team. He's the best scorer on this team. I mean, I think it's it's just a fact. So the, the more the offense starts to go through him and they can run some more of that pick-and-roll action with him, um, he's adept at getting to the rim. He can shoot a little bit. I mean, there's so many things he does well. I just want to see him with the ball in his hands as much as possible. So those two guards are finding ways to play off each other, and that's great. And the offense has been a lot more efficient the past two times out. You know, Kevin Samuel, um, again, I, I wish that we could give him the ball in bigger situations. It's not working. Tommy, one of our listeners, brought up a good point, I guess about a week ago now, where he said they – they seem to run a lot of perimeter action with Kevin, like screen and, and instead of screening rolls, it's kind of screen and he'll flare out to the perimeter. But obviously, he's not a jump shooter, so that's not a, a way that he's going to be effective. And they just don't get him many good post touches. And I think one big reason for that, too, is this team's um, inability to shoot consistently. And Chuck O'Bannon 
is a good shooter, but he hasn't been in the lineup week in and week out. Francisco Farabello, another good shooter, but he's only played nine games. He's missed so many games because of either injury or COVID protocol. P.J. Fuller is really more of a flyer as a wing. I mean, he's trying to get to the rim. He's trying to make plays. Um, Taron Todd, I think coming in, he was considered more of a shooter, but the shot just hasn't been really falling for him this year. So they don't have many players that can stretch the floor, and that really clogs up the inside. But Kevin is doing a really nice job on the boards. And then one more thing I, I, I loved that I hope can continue, and we'll see tonight when this team gets back in it, is Jaden Ledee. Um, I mean, his his energy against Oklahoma State was a huge difference. Had the game winner, the and one on the game winner, which was fantastic, which was play of the game, but also had some second-chance points, was working hard on the boards, did a nice job after Kevin went out. And, I mean, we, we've talked about it before. Kevin is the only kind of real deal big in this group. And it's as egregious as it is, they don't have big men who can get in there and kind of mix it up. So a big key tonight is going to be, you know, how do you guard Solomon Young? And if if Kev gets in foul trouble and Ladee becomes the main guy uh, and you have to give Lampkin some minutes, then you're going to have big issues. So, you know, you, you hope that Kevin stays clean. He can play well. But I would expect Iowa State from the start of this game to go after the big man on defense because if they can get him in foul trouble uh, and go to the bench, then they can really start to impose their will on the inside. They are one of the few teams, even with their record, where they're really struggling that still has more of a traditional big man that can go at Kevin um, – up and down the floor like Mizzou had that but there aren't many big men traditional big men in the big 12 now McCormick is kind of in that mold um, but that's about it so I expect Solomon Young to get a lot of opportunities tonight uh, but overall this should be a game that TCU wins and we hope they take care of their business when they face the Cyclones it is a home game it's uh, after kind of a nice unplanned break but one where you're still getting practice in because they the frogs had all their players available so expecting good things from tcu tonight and we'll have more of that uh recap on wednesday's pod it is locked on horn frogs your daily tcu podcast coming up next we'll hit some more news and notes and wrap up the show before we do that i want to tell you about betonline.ag betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts um, they have all the great advice for you. They have injury reports. They have the latest lines, uh, what what the best bet is. And, you know, the NFL season has come to an end, but that doesn't mean there's a shortage of things to bet on. College basketball's in full swing. The NBA is, is going strong. Um, there's still a lot of ways to make money. If you listen to the advice from the experts at betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome bonus. One more time, that is betonline.ag. All right, final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. I want to start by talking some TCU women's basketball, and I'll actually have more on this matchup later on in the week, but the women do play Kansas State on Wednesday, and I mentioned earlier that Iowa State is winless so far in Big 12 play. The men are, uh, and it's the same story for the K-State women. They are 0-9 right now in conference play, having a really tough season. I don't know if there's been a program that's been affected more by COVID-19 
Then the Lady Wildcats, they had a bunch of games postponed at the start of the season, and they're now just kind of starting to get back into a rhythm. They're also, though, a team that's played some close games lately. Uh, they lost to Baylor over the weekend by 12, and that was a game I, I watched some of that. It, you know, it felt like Baylor was in control. You never felt like, oh, man, um, the K-State women are going to come on here and, and get a chance to take the lead. But they were able to stay competitive. They stayed with it. They made some tough shots. So another team that is uh, kind of trending in the right direction. And the TCU women, they, I hope they're motivated. That was just a, a tough, tough loss to Kansas. They were in control for a lot of that game. Could not close it out. Could not get it done. And that's unfortunate. So another chance against K-State to maybe bounce back and uh, get things going uh, on Wednesday with a win over the Wildcats. So TCU women taking on Kansas State later this week. We'll have more on that matchup as the week progresses. Also, want to say I'm excited. I'll have a full report for you in a couple of weeks. But TCU uh, baseball—they are opening up their season um, in, I guess, still about two weeks. It's not this weekend, but next weekend, and it's going to be at Globe Life Park. And I actually bought tickets for Sunday's matchup or Sunday's session um, yesterday. So I'll be there for game number three against Arkansas that Sunday night. And I'm fired up, one, to check out, you know, this TCU baseball team, but also to check out the new ballpark. First time I'll be in there in the new ballpark seeing a game. Uh, the Rangers didn't have fans this year. They opened it up for some some playoff um, games, but, I, you know, I haven't gotten in there yet. So excited to see this TCU team and excited to see the new Rangers ballpark and I'll have a full report on you for you on that coming up later. But we are talking TCU athletics I mentioned earlier <laughs> Um, We have a season opener for the 2021 season as the Frogs are going to open their football season against Duquesne later this year, which should be uh, an interesting matchup. But yesterday, um, I discussed these Big 12 power rankings, and uh, my my friend Pat Sports Guy, who hosts Locked on Longhorns and also covers the Oklahoma Stooners for Stooners Wire, which is a website that breaks uh, and kind of curates Oklahoma news. He had the Frogs at sixth. And I'm really interested to see kind of where the national media, how the national media feels about TCU. Not that it matters. I mean, ultimately, the games are going to get played, and we're going to figure out who's good and who's not. There's always a team that's not ranked that ends up having a great season. There's always teams that are ranked that fall out of the rankings almost immediately because they're not nearly as good as we think they are. This TCU offense, though, um, you know, one thing that, that Gary Patterson brought up when he was talking about the hiring of Kenny Hill, which we found out about this weekend, that's official at least. We kind of knew that was happening, but it's official. Kenny Hill's going to be your quarterback coach. Doug Meacham sliding into that offense coordinator role. One of the reasons that you know we heard Gary say they hired Kenny for that job is that he has a good relationship with Max. And, you know, more and more, I'm, I'm kind of wondering – is there actually going to be a competition between Chandler Morris and Max Duggan? And part of it, part of it too, is what what is the NCAA going to end up doing with uh, with transfers this year? It seemed like a foregone conclusion that they were going to approve basically anybody could go anywhere and get immediate eligibility. But now that's kind of in doubt, and if it's in doubt, then Morris would have to go through a waiver program to get eligible. And we all know that those are, are just basically like tossing the coin. 
Um, it seems like the NCAA kind of just decides on a whim who they're going to approve and who they're going to not approve. So we don't even know if, if Morris is going to be eligible. But earlier this, you know, I guess it was that press conference after signing day, Gary was talking about spring and things coming up. And he mentioned that Max Duggan has turned into a really great leader, that he's become a great leader for that team, that he's a leader for that locker room, that the offense connects with him well, and they respond to him. And now he says that one of the reasons they're keeping Kenny Hill around is because he has a good relationship with Max. And he singled out Max. I mean, there wasn't any other QBs that are kind of sitting in that room and I know, like, that's a little unfair if I'm trying to draw a conclusion from this because the bottom line is Chandler Morris doesn't even know Kenny Hill. He hadn't practiced with him, hadn't played with him. He's new to this team. I, I just think Gary's kind of setting up the opportunity for Max to play and play well, and I think he's going to get that opportunity. And then, of course, you have some more questions about how long is Max going to stick around? What do you do with Chandler in that scenario? All these things have to be answered. I'm just saying I am I am intrigued by the amount of mentions that Max is getting in this offseason by Gary Patterson. It really sounds like the momentum is building for him being the starting quarterback, and maybe we jump the gun a little bit by even assuming that there would be a contest between the two. Tomorrow we'll talk some more TCU athletics. I'll chat with uh, Sean about um, – Desmond Bain, Sean Coleman from Locked On Grizzlies. All that coming your way tomorrow. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.